Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. I'm Chris Howardell, joined by Greg Crown. Gregory, how are you? Chris, couldn't be better. The Union secured a spot in the knockout stage of the MLS's back tournament. Yes. I know that's what you were waiting for um, and being super excited about. So, I mean, what, what could get any better? I can't even tell you how excited I am about this. Uh, it's just, it's, it's all I can think about all day is <laughs> will this happen? Will this not happen? You know what's going to happen with Joe Bendick? How is he going to play in the in the knockout round? What's going on with Corey Burke, Jack Devries? Devries is the key to that team in my mind. <laughs> oh man, oh, the Union! What a what a what! I don't even know how to describe them. Uh, Soccer team, but yeah, pretty much. I, I, it's just it hasn't even been like a good holdover until like the major sports start because uh-huh. you just haven't paid attention to it. Um, but we're almost there, Chris. We're, we're just a few days away. We keep getting good news from two leagues, uh-huh. really, really bad news from, from other leagues. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe really bad is a little bit extreme, but you're right. We are, this is the week that we're going to start seeing sports again in, in, some, in some manner. Baseball will be back uh, you know, with their season on Thursday. Uh, at noon tomorrow Pacific time, I'll be watching scrimmage NBA basketball. So that's exciting. That's less than 24 hours from now. We'll get to see Ben Simmons and his eight three-pointers attempted per game uh, starting mm. on Friday. And w- what else? We have uh, one week from today, we have exhibition, well, I guess whatever they're calling, scrimmage hockey. Yes. Yeah, that's starting too. I mean, we're, we're there, Chris. We're on the precipice. Um and I don't really know, like, it, you see the reports that are, like, zero NBA players testing mm. positive. Two July, players yeah, in the since NHL. July 13th. Yeah, two NHL players out of 800 people. Uh, this is, every, everything's looking up, and you just almost, it, you almost walk on eggshells, like, uh, just waiting for that shoe to drop. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's probably not coincidental that the two sports that have the best bubble plans are the ones that are doing the best. Football came out earlier today and said they had 95 positive tests, later corrected that to 59. Who knows where the <laughs> truth actually lies? Yes. <laughs> Who knows where the truth lies? Football was uh, was kind of scary there for a couple of days. There was this coordinated attack a few days ago on the on the NFL with the we want to play hashtag by the NFL superstars. Not happy with the NFL's policy, which it was basically just like, let's hope everything works out and do everything <laughs> normally. Uh, shockingly, that didn't uh, appease the players who would prefer not die. And uh, we got some very swift changes. There's going to be daily testing for coronavirus. And, you know, training camp rosters are going to be dropped from 90 people to 80 people. That's uh, that sucks for those guys on the end of that list trying to make rosters as undrafted free agents or priority free agents or whatever. 
and they just have no shot now. I mean, I guess 120, well, 320 people just lost the opportunity to make an NFL roster this year. And now we're also not going to have any preseason games, which, you know, probably for the best, honestly. Oh, yeah, man. Those week ones are going to look really fun uh, when when those games eventually happen with no preseason games. I mean, I guess the preseason is essentially garbage for the most part anyway now. It's not like it used to be. Um, where you would get real looks at, at teams, you know, mm-hmm. that, that week three where they're going to play three and a, you know two and a half quarters uh, of football. That almost never happens now. At least it feels like it doesn't. It does. Um, yeah. So it's you know it, let's just let's just get it going. I love how the plan was basically like we're just going to wait it out and uh, yeah we we have a couple months to prepare. Let's not do anything. Right. Um, <laughs> swift swift decision making there. Um, it's Our country's bizarre. leadership will figure it out. Don't worry. Nah, well, this is going to be gone by the time football gets here. Chris, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Mm. <laughs> but no, in, in reality, it's like they, they, had to, they had to have something better than what they had. And I'm glad the players did what they did. I'm glad oh, yeah. they took a public sort of stand. Like, listen, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to play, but we want to do it in the, in the best way possible. Like... You know, you, you you can ban jersey swaps, which is which is hilarious. But let's let's be real about actual player safety, and I think that's what the players kind of forced the hand of the NFL to do. Yeah, right now, how this is working is that the first five to six days of training camp are going to be testing and physicals. After that, you're going to have strength and conditioning plus walkthroughs through day twelve. Day thirteen is an off day. Uh, after that, you ramp up with helmets on but no pads through day eighteen. 19's an off day, and then 20, the pads go on for the rest of the time. Helmets with no pads was always the most interesting days mm. for football practice. It always, it, always felt, it always felt just super weird, and I understand like why we did it, and I understand why they do it now in the NFL, but it was always like, do we need to have the helmet on? Like, What, is, what are we doing here? It feels unnecessary. Yeah, if I'm in it, shorts and a t-shirt, like... I guess you're just getting your head used to the helmet. I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. There's occasionally there's issues with getting used to the vision and stuff like that. It's, it, I think that's worth it. At least it's some reasonable facsimile of how the game is going to look. But, you know, the, everything that goes on around football is insane. Why do we run 40 times without pads on? That will never make sense <laughs> to me. But it's just it's convention. And that's what we do. And this is the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there is. I think with any sport, there's bizarre stuff, though. Like, uh, it's just. To, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to describe. Like, you, you do things like the shuttle run, the four cone drill. Like, three I cone, guess, uh, and I happen to cone, think three sorry. cone is the absolute best test of a player's yeah, but, actual speed. Why? Simply because of transition and things like Changing that. Changing direction, yeah. Uh, I don't know. If I'm hitting 4.2 going straight ahead and I'm a wide receiver who my primary thing is going to be going straight ahead because I'm a slot guy, deep threat, like it's, you know, uh, me me being able to change directions doesn't always make a difference. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 feels, feels, to feels, me, it feels to me like footwork and the ability to put your foot in the ground and cut are fairly important things to get separation uh, uh, for an NFL wide receiver. But ask, you know, just me. Ask the Eagles corners if DK Metcalf needed that in the playoffs. Well, I mean, I don't think using Eagles corners as the standard bearer of the average NFL player is uh, is the way to go. 
But <laughs> we're in much better shape this year. Darius Slay's here. Nikhil uh, Roby Alexander. I don't know. Is it Nikhil? Is it Nickel? Am I? Am I just? Is Nikhil Alexander the basketball player? Who now I'm also confused by his name, but it's definitely <laughs> Nikhil. Nikhil Alexander something. You've you've uh, put me you've put me in a complete pretzel at this from point. The Pelicans. Now 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 I'm completely confused as to I think it's Nickel Roby. Nickel Roby Col I think it's Nickel Roby Coleman in and Nikhil Alexander blah blah blah. I I'll wait for that first uh that first interception called by Merrill Reese before I make my decision. I think it's more likely going to be holding <laughs> wow, what a what a positive sentiment uh, on on uh, Mr. Roby Coleman's uh, future tenure with the Eagles. Hey, I, look, I'm I'm pretty bullish about the signing. PFF has him as one of the best slot corners, if not the best slot corner, in the NFL over the last three years. But I'm just saying, it's a holding call is a heck of a lot more likely than an interception. I mean, he is most certainly the best corner uh, at getting away with blatant pass interference in conference championship games. Like, and then, have, then having rules changed and uh, <laughs> and kind of changed back afterwards. PFF graded him out as the best in that particular stat, so I, I see what you're saying. PFF goes deep. <laughs> they really do. I mean, they have a stat for literally everything. You would have never guessed that that would have been one of the things that they make judgments on, but hey, mm-hmm. I mean... They're, they're going to look at every aspect of the tape. And like everything else, it's largely arbitrary. As, as <laughs> Isn't everything? Anshu actually used to uh, work for PFF doing some of the grading, and it he's told me it, it's just, it's kind of a feel thing. So I'd be perfect. I mean, we want to talk about feel. That's true. I mean, you don't they, even have to watch the games. You can still give the grades out. I do that for the most part with you. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. And that's why I'm undefeated. <laughs> Is that that's the exact reason? It's it's one of many my <laughs> one of many that uh, lead to my superiority, but that's fine. Uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is at this point. We all know the deal. It's uh, it's scary. I really feel like we are waiting for that shoe to drop with all of this to go away. It it I can't get my head around the fact. That for the first time in over four months, I'll be watching basketball tomorrow. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, to be honest. It's one of those, and and I was trying to think of the best analogy earlier. Um, like, I know that August 1 will be like Christmas Eve because it's the day before uh, Flyers the Flyers come back and play. It's but like, also ba- the day the Sixers play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Double Christmas. We're talking double Christmas in that situation. Um it, but it's, I guess it's like today because the scrimmages and everything start, it's like, it's like if your sibling or if you have like a birthday around the mm-hmm. holidays, but it's like a week before Christmas mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, I'm going to get some stuff and it's, eh, it'll be kind of cool, but you know, the big stuff's coming on Christmas day. So, uh, it's, it's, it's just like a little bit of a teaser waiting for everything to get kind of ramped back up. Yeah. These scrimmages are going to be interesting just to see how little they actually play the people that matter. You know, the, the first game we're going to see at, at 3 o'clock your time, noon, my time tomorrow, Markel Fultz in the Orlando Magic <laughs> take on Kawhi Leonard and, uh, and the L.A. Clippers. How much are, gonna, are Kawhi and Paul George going to play in this thing? Like, it's got to be, hey, we're here and uh, now we're going to watch from the bench. 
Yeah, I would imagine so. I don't think they're going to dedicate serious minutes to a scrimmage like this. But it does it does beg the question, because I saw a report earlier that the Lakers were going to be really monitoring LeBron and AD's minutes because mm-hmm. of the lead they have um, when it comes to being, the I guess, the one seed is where they're sitting. Um, like, I, I wonder if all these seeding games are going to be played more like that and really when guys, like, you know, ramp them up towards the end to get a little bit of real run and then sort of not playing themselves back into game shape, but kind of as the playoffs sort of start. Yeah, the Lakers have a five-game lead over the Clippers for that n- number one seed. They actually do play the Clippers, but a fairly easy schedule. They have uh, the Clippers, the Raptors, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Pacers, apparently with Victor Oladipo, it's looking like the Nuggets with Bull Bull and uh, the Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings with basically no one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what is the deal with the Kings? Have they have any oh, of their man. guys who were, you know, I know a lot of the guys in the Nets decided to opt out who, who came down with coronavirus, but you haven't really heard much coming out of Sacramento. Well, there's a lot of injuries. De'Aaron Fox hurt his ankle. Marvin Bagley's in a uh, in a walking boot and was on crutches, they're, they're just getting ravaged by injuries. So th- I think that's the big concern there. But still, you know, the West is going to be a lot more interesting than, than the East. I would say all of the teams that are on the outside looking in in the West right now, the, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the, uh, the Spurs, maybe with the possible exception of the Phoenix Suns, would be maybe a seven seed in the East. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's a reason why they brought a ton of teams back outside of just Zion, but there's a reason why they brought a ton of teams back from uh, from the West and, and only really one outside of the playoffs in the East. And Zion's not even here. Yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. Uh, I hope he's back soon because uh, we had to start the first part of this NBA season without Zion, and I would prefer not to start the second part of the NBA season without Zion as well. Yeah, but imagine if he comes back in like game three, and then they rattle off five straight wins, make the make the eighth seed, then knock out LeBron as the number one. And then Zion's just the king of the NBA. Well, that was when we didn't know what the that's I think he's pretty much already the king of the NBA. But <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, when we didn't know what exactly the the return to play was going to look like in the NBA, that's the thing I always thought was really interesting. You know, when that Warriors team was out there, because those guys are healthy now. I know they they were saying Clay wasn't going to play either way, but yeah, you know, that Warriors team potentially completely healthy could have like go you know when like the the tournament was still in play, they could have won that tournament and played the Lakers, and that's that'd be awfully tough for the Lakers. Oh, it would have been, but and it would have been amazing for the fans. That's oh, like, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. We say that oh, Clay wouldn't have played, but like Old Depot said, he wasn't going to play three weeks ago. We don't know what that would have actually looked like, you know, uh, if Clay actually had the opportunity and we knew he was fully healthy, and and that Warriors team had a had a real chance to make a run. Like they, and they would, they would absolutely have a chance to make a run. I, I mean, you know, you got a lot of veteran guys on that team who who have made those long playoff runs, won titles. It would have been it would have been one of the most incredible first round series I think you could possibly draw up. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I, I've always liked Steph and I give him so much more credit for actually coming back. You know, there, it would have been incredibly easy for him to just say, all right, hurt my foot, out for the season, see you next year. But Steph jumped back in, was playing games before the league shut down. Like I, I like the guys who just want to play, man. 
Well, it's and and that's what like as a fan you hope for. You hope for a guy that that wants to get back out there. It doesn't matter what the record is. I want to be on the court. I want to play basketball and and prove that I'm still in Steph's case, prove that he's still one of the top tier guys in the league, and he absolutely is. I think that it's it's sort of an it's it's a question of character mm. or I guess I guess not really character but a question of like want to to actually be out there and play and and what you're really all about is it basketball is it winning is it money like what is it and it's clear when guys make decisions like that like they just want to be on the court yeah unlike uh, another guy whose initials are KD yes yeah exactly won't mention <laughs> any names could no, be anyone absolutely not could be absolutely anyone i can't could be King Dunlap, former Eagles offensive tackle. I can't. I can't believe you would disgrace uh, Keon Dooling like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, he's he has not come on my my show, so ah, it's well. for him. By the way, uh, congratulations to Tells from the association. Forgot what the show's name was for a while. It's been uh, on hiatus for a year and a half. Uh, Tells from the association alum Travis Diener, who uh, hit the game-winning shot in the basketball tournament to uh, help his team win a million bucks. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Uh, the, the, like that moment uh, to hit like a walk-off three. And it's th- that's what the, the TBT and their ending, like it truly is like the walk-off situation. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different when it's not a free throw like the NBA All-Star game ended. But no. uh, to, hit a, to hit a three for, for a million dollars, uh, or at least a share of a million dollars, has to be one of, the, one of the most incredible feelings that you could possibly have. I agree. Look, let's take uh, let's take an early break, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Chris, and I'm here to let you know that this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your male hormone health? Well, with Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you the complete picture of your hormonal health in just five days. Did you know that in the last 40 years, healthy sperm counts have dropped by 50 percent globally. This is the epidemic that no one talks about. Hormonal imbalances and reduced levels of testosterone are becoming a huge concern for men these days. Male hormones are important for so many different reasons such as sperm production, maintaining a healthy sex drive, and maintaining muscle strength and mass. If you suffer from any of the following things, it may be a symptom of hormonal imbalances. Low energy or fatigue, erectile dysfunction, low sex drive or a low libido, infertility, anxiety or depression, or bloating and headaches? So how does this work? The test is delivered straight to your door. You just have to self-collect your blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail the sample back to their accredited laboratories in a prepaid label, and receive support and guidance from the LGC medical team, who are available 24-7 to offer you the personalized advice you need to know your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with 30% off using our discount code HERESWHY30, H-E-R-E-S-W-H-Y-3-0. This is good information for you to have. Head over to letsgetchecked.com today, L-E-T-S-G-E-T-C-H-E-C-K-E-D.com, and get yourself checked. All right, Gregory, before we move on, I do want to wrap up some of this NFL stuff how worried were you that maybe we weren't going to have a season four or five days ago? Uh, I was, I was definitely nervous. I'd say I'd put, I, I was, I wouldn't say I was overly like, oh my god, this is definitely not going to happen. But I'd mm-hmm. say that that doubt was rising from like a zero percent chance, which is what I had kind of just been, uh, I guess, 
pie in the sky viewing this. Uh, yeah. to, it was around like a 35 to 40% chance that like they really messed up this runway that they had. Like they really screwed it up this bad that we're going to end up not having a football season and it's going to be one of the most bizarre falls uh, possible. So, I mean, <laughs> it was it was nerve-wracking there. It, like you have to – like. You have to admonish the NFL for for letting it get to that point for sure. But then, but then also be like, all right, thank God you figured this out as quickly as you possibly did. It's almost like they did it on purpose. Like they like they're like, all right, we're gonna let the players get all upset. We already have the system in place because like you're talking about all these tests that they're going to get. I mean, I would have to assume they already have some sort of in, they already have some sort of setup. Like that had to be in the works, but it didn't take. They didn't have that four days of like, oh shit like we we're screwed here and they would get on the phone with i don't know whoever quest diagnostics uh we can heat tests asap like they had to have had that in their back pocket uh, to to be able to pull it off as quickly as they did this week's episode not brought to you by quest diagnostics <laughs> although feel free to check in at any point and we'll be happy to work something out with you uh, i saw that the number was going to be something around 75 million for all of the testing uh, to the NFL this year, that is a gigantic number. Well, that that almost is. It makes you think like uh, the money that's involved and the money that they're the revenue that they're going to be losing from a yeah. from an in game standpoint. Maybe they were like, let's see if we can squeak by without without having to do this because those yeah. profit margins are going to be tighter than normal because of the fans. I don't know. It, it almost makes you think that they tried to sneak that one by. Well, it's kind of the thing that we saw with baseball, you know, when they were negotiating how long they were going to play. And we knew that maybe it was going to be 48 games. Maybe it was going to be 60 games, whatever. Football is in a situation where they're going to lose money this year. And there's almost no getting around that, even with the TV deal. It's And they could have lost less money by not playing. So kudos to the owners for saying, hey, this is, of course, we're going to go play. Why? Why would we not go play? This is... This is why we're here, not shortening the season or anything like that. So I, I am I am happy with that, and yet we are still what? God, it's it's fifty, I have forty eight days, something like that, from kickoff. Yeah, a lot can yeah, go wrong. It, oh, a ton can go wrong, which is why, which is why, like I said before, you're almost walking on these eggshells as we get closer to these sports coming back, and you're just like, all right, just get, just get to the game, get to mm. day one. But then I think, like, okay, that was my thought process for conference tournaments in, in college basketball. I was like, all right, oh. just get to the tournament. We'll start the tournaments, and then everything will be all good. And then I was on my couch getting updates saying that the NCAA tournament was canceled, and I was staring at sad mascots in the stands of empty stadiums. And it's like, God, ah, this is this is terrible. Um, yeah. But I, I think that – I think that, like – there, they, there's just no way that they, they don't pull it off, and whatever it looks like is going to be interesting. If you take the proper precautions, I'm sure you're going to have to deal with positives because they're not bubbling. For sure. Sorry, coughed. <laughs> Almost died. Ugh. I got, I got uh, in the middle of that rant like all dry mouth. It was the whole <laughs> thing. Um, but like they. They're going to have to deal with it because of the way that it's set up, and, and you just have to hope that you keep it under control. I mean, I, the, I don't think the NFL ever had a real option of bubbling. I don't know if there's too many a big people. enough. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't know if there's a big enough place that could have could have handled something like that. The rosters are significantly larger than than basketball. They're even significantly larger than hockey. So, I mean, from a staff standpoint, you're talking about all the different coaches, all the different you know training personnel. There's just no way you would have had the the, the correct size of a space to be able to do this yeah. uh, and get the season in in any sort of orderly fashion. So. You know, you sort of got to stand there and take a swing at it and hope uh, hope for the best in, in some cases. Yeah, I do think that in football, we're going to see the most significance of positive tests. And I think that I think we're going to see major players miss a decent amount of time because there's just almost no way to get around it. It's it's a game where you go and run up to each other and hit hit each other as hard as you can and you breathe on each other and, you know, fluids are exchanged there's going to be positive tests. There's probably going to be a lot. And I just, I hope it, I hope this thing we can, I hope we can hold this thing together until potentially we get a vaccine. Uh, it looks like the earliest we could be looking at is sometime in late October at this point. And that's better news than we've had for, for months because it's been like, it's been like, Oh, January one, maybe yeah. 18 months, maybe. And, and to hear that it might be closer to an October date, you know, you have to you have to take kind of everything with a little bit of a grain of salt, but but it's good to look towards the positive uh, in a lot of this because it's how you can keep yourself from going particularly crazy when thinking about all of it. So, I mean, from a sports standpoint and from an NFL standpoint, I'm going to have to stay as positive as I can, mainly because you're going to see these other sports come back and and hope that that we can still you know figure it out and keep everybody uh, I guess as safe as as we can. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a weird weird world we live in. The Oxford tests, it looks like clinical trial round two clinical trials will be done sometime in September. So after that, it's just a matter of mass producing and hoping that everything goes well. But uh, <laughs> scientists, I, I, oh, man. man, there. Okay, I don't, I don't want to get into this too much, but there is a part of me that doesn't want a vaccine before November, but, uh, you know, for, <laughs> for kind of obvious reasons, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, can we tell you, have you ever, I had an interesting experience this week uh, in uh, talking about all of this. Have you ever given blood? Uh, I have not. So I've, I've never been, I've never had to for medical reasons and mm. I've never done it from a, from a purely voluntary. They don't do well with needles. So, yeah. I feel like yeah. I've, I felt that way when I was younger, too, and now I just don't look at it. <laughs> That's probably the way I'd have to go. So I uh, I went to the Red Cross and donated blood on Friday. And, you know, part of this because I think it's the right thing to do. And another part of it because they're giving away, uh, they're doing free antibodies tests uh, with for anybody who uh, gets their blood done. Uh, and it was, a, it was a weird experience. You know, you get there kind of like laying... I don't, I don't know what the best example, like a gamer chair kind of, but mm. completely vertically, uh, or rather completely horizontally, excuse me, just kind of like laying uncomfortably and uh, gave a pint of blood in like three minutes and 45 seconds, which felt way too fast for me. Uh, I mean, so, they got that down to a science. Uh, it, well, I asked them, I was like, hey, how long does this usually take? And they're like, you know, it's like seven to 12 minutes. So I was surprised when 90 seconds in, the, be- the bell went off that I was halfway done. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You got that. You got that super strong blood, or that thin blood. I don't. I don't know which one it is. Maybe the heart's pumping too hard. I. I don't know. But it was <laughs> a weird said, experience. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. My my only experience with with really giving blood is uh, when when Michael Scott gives blood in the office, <laughs> uh, and then immediately passes out. And when you when you said they were giving free antibodies tests, when you got to the word free, my mind immediately went to cookies, and I just mm-hmm. would be like, Chris, you can get cookies for Wait, what? significantly less effort. Like this is where to get cookies. Is, I mean, I spend spend the two dollars and ninety eight cents. Get yourself a pack of pack of Oreos and and you'll be good. You spending two dollars and ninety eight cents on Oreos? You were I you're a rich man. I was completely guessing. <laughs> that's, like, I, that's like when uh when people are like, I don't know, milk probably costs fifty dollars, right? Well this is this is the problem. when I go to the grocery store and especially now, like yeah. during the, the weird quarantine thing, I I don't look at price. And I don't think I've ever really looked at price for, for anything. Just mm-hmm. as long as as long as I have money in my bank account, I'll, I'll just I'll buy whatever. I guess it's probably a bad way to think about trying to save money when when or getting deals and things. So so yeah, I would be one of those guys that was like, how much is milk? I would just assume that it's nine dollars, and then I'm just gonna go ahead on my on my way. <laughs> well, I'm kind of kind of in the same boat, but kind of not it, because I know how much stuff costs. You know, I, I spend enough time, you know, in the grocery store just to, to leave the house so that I know how much stuff costs. <laughs> but, like, I'm the guy who, like, random people could come up to in Target or Walmart or the grocery store and be like, hey, where's this? And I'll walk you over there and let you know what your options are. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I do find very frequently I leave the store and I'm like, how much did I spend? <laughs> Oh, I, I don't even I, look at the register, and I think this is a really bad habit that I'm forming. Oh, that's that's my only focus. They're ringing it up. I'll, I'll they'll be like, "Do you have the whatever club card?" And all right, sure, I'll type my phone number in, and then I'll look and be like, "That better give me a decent amount of discounts." <laughs> it never does. It never. It's like seven dollars. I spent triple digits, and I saved six dollars and forty-seven cents. What are we doing here? You gotta, no, no, I'm not. you gotta watch those extreme uh, couponing shows. Yeah, see, I, I've never, I've, ne- I feel like that's so much effort. Like I have friends mm-hmm. that scour the internet for, for, uh, quote unquote, slick deals, and uh, you talking about Zed. No, and I'm not talking about Zed, but he would be, he would be a guy that would look for a slick deal here and there. But, but it's just like I, I just like. There's so much effort going into stuff like that that I just don't have. I don't have the interest in, in spending all my time trying to find somewhere where I can save like an extra twenty-five cents or four dollars. It's like when you buy a house and, uh-huh. and they're like, they're like, uh, can you go any higher? Can can you go two grand higher? And it's like, all right, let me break that down. Two grand over the course of. 30 years uh, on a mortgage. How many months is that? Let me break that. Oh, it's like an extra $5 a month. Not even. It's like more like $2 and 70 cents a month. Yeah. I can, I can afford that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. They make it seem like it's not that much money, but it's still two grand. It's just two grand over a long period of time. No, that's my number's my number. Take it or leave it. Two grand. What's that? You're you're leaving it? (laughs) <laughs> two two grand over the course of thirty years is I, I could spend two grand like uh, on like random shirts and and you know clothing in like a weekend online. Not that I ever have, but I could. I want to know happening. more about this two grand shopping trip. What kind of shirts I, are you getting? Are you going I've, Gucci? I've, what are you getting? 
believe me, I've never spent. I I have like five ninety nine Old Navy T-shirts. That's pretty much my wardrobe at, at at this point. I don't I don't. I'm not exactly the high spender, but I'm just talking about from a volume uh, standpoint. Mm. Like I could see like it, it's two, two grand over thirty years. That's that's like. You can't even quantify that for me. Like, it doesn't even register in my head, like, what 30 years even looks like. You know what I mean? Well, look, none of us expect you to live 30 years, so no. you don't have to worry about it. And I don't think, and I'm, I don't say that just about you. I don't think any of us are going to live 30 years <laughs> with the way this planet's going. Uh, so, really, just anything that we can put off, it, it's like uh, it's like that episode of Parks and Rec where everybody postdates the check the, from the end of the world party uh, to uh, the end of the world thing. <laughs> Uh, to uh, the next day, and uh, so that's perfect. Yeah, I, I don't know. We live in a weird time, man. We live it's all in a logic. Weird. It's all about that logic that you can, as long as you can convince yourself, then it then it then it works. No, but uh, I'm I'm a pretty strict negotiator. I am, I, and I'm willing to stick to my guns. Oh, so I would hate. I would hate doing anything from a buying standpoint with you then. Like, even when I go to buy a car, it's, I've, I've only bought, I haven't bought a personal car in, in several, several years. Yeah. But, but uh, I bought a, a car once we, we were having kids and it was like time to get rid of this car and get a different one and walked into a place. This was the Tesla? And, yeah, right. Um, I don't think I don't even think I could afford a tire of a Tesla, let alone an actual Tesla. Um, but like, uh, my wife wants to negotiate. She wants to get she wants to oh, get yeah. in there, crack the numbers down, and I'm just like, listen, what's the price? All right, I'm going to tell you like I don't know, maybe like two grand cheaper, or try to get a little bit more of my trade in. And after that, I just want to go home. I want to be in my, back in my house. If I have the new car, great. If I don't, and I have to go out again. I'm not going to be thrilled, but but at least I'm home. Like I'm done with this. I don't want to haggle. I'm not interested oh, in haggling, like Chris. I like Ugh. it. I like it a Ugh. lot. I like negotiation. It's fun. I don't know. There's <laughs> fundamentally different people, I suppose. Yeah, but negotiating something like if you're if you're getting more like out of a deal, like it's the same car regardless. If I pay five hundred dollars more for the car, like wait, why are you that- paying more for the car? You should, that, no, how, like, how do you think car negotiations work? For, I, Allie might be completely in the right here. The, you walk I mean, up, like, the, you walk up to this place, and you're like, "Hey, I really like this car. How much is it?" And they're like, "That's that's twenty five thousand dollars." And you're like, "Oh, all right, I'll do that." And they're like, "You know what? Now it's twenty five five." No, 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 no. What I mean is like, so if it was twenty five, and I said, "Listen, I'm here to pay twenty two and they go, "That's what's twenty two five?" I'd go, "Sign me up. Let's let's write, bring bring the paperwork out. Let's let's get me out of here. I'm not going to sit around. The five hundred isn't isn't where I'm gonna gonna really worry about it. It's five hundred bucks. So think about all the shirts you can buy. It's <laughs> a good point. I mean, I would have every color of the rainbow in just plain colored t-shirts. <laughs> you're uh, you're not. Oh yeah. I mean, all right. Whatever. Fair enough. <laughs> I just, uh, I, do, I do not subscribe to that. Although I will say, it takes forever to buy a car now. And I don't know when this happened. When Alexa bought her car, like, I don't know, six years ago, we, walk, you know, we, we walked into this place. We found, we found the car she wanted. You know, it, it was a good deal. We, we drove pretty far. We walk into this place and she's like, hey, I want to buy this. And I feel and she had got financing and all that stuff. And I feel like we were out of there in like 45 minutes. I went to buy my car in December 2018 
And we were there for almost six hours after I said, oh, I oh. want that car. That is. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about, though. There's a, there's a haggling that leads to all of that. I, 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 it goes all the way back to, I remember being a kid and sitting in, and it probably was like two hours long, but it felt like it was an entire day watching my parents buy a car. Every time Allie's gotten a new car, I feel like I'm there for a month and a half. Even, even the, time, well, the time I bought my car... <laughs> I had a cousin who sold cars, and it was kind of like, oh, hey, what do you got? Oh, this looks good. Let's take it for a test drive. It is. Let's go sign some paperwork. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm done. Well, I had to, get, I had to like throw my mom out of the negotiation room. I, she's like haggling with him about price, and I'm like, get out. This Greg, is, I I would, I would, I'm going to pitch a reality show where every week your mother goes and purchases a car. Just to watch I mean, the negotiations. Do you want to talk about? If you want to talk about somebody who will go after every single nickel and dime, this, this that would be. I, we would be the, We would have the number one show on. I don't know. True TV. Move over and Practical Jokers. Here comes. I don't know. Anna Anna's car buying guide or whatever you want. to First do. of all, your marketing is amazing. <laughs> I mean, what I a, think you what nailed a name. it there. That is that is as good branding as you could possibly hope for. <laughs> So for really, some reason, really, we're just trying to build a show around her. I, I really just kept wanting to say Chrisley knows best, and I don't really know why. <laughs> because your mo- just, a lot of people don't know this, but your mother is Chrisley. He's Todd Chrisley, absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, first of all, so if you – and I hate to derail the sports conversation mm-hmm. into television mm-hmm. – but I would love to know uh, the the new streaming service from from NBC, right? It's free, yada Peacock. yada yada. Yeah, Peacock. I couldn't remember the name of it. Thank you. They have Chrisley knows best on there. Who is sitting around and binge watching Chrisley knows best on a streaming service? Yeah, I can't speak to that. I did watch uh, Psych Two. Lassie comes home, uh, but Lassie come home. I don't remember what the subtitle is, but that was good. But uh, yeah, I think the only the only two things I've actually watched on Peacock are the first Psych movie and the second Psych movie. Uh, I watched Fletch. Okay. Uh, and then I watched Held Up with Jamie Foxx. Uh, Two yeah, incredibly right. good movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Held, Held Up is, it's one of those movies, and, and there's like 17 people in the entire world that have seen this movie. Um, and most of them are, are like me and my brother and yeah. cousins. Jamie Foxx um, has not seen it. Yeah, he, he no way. He never watched the final cut of this movie. Not a chance. Um, but it's it is an incredibly incredibly dumb comedy, and it was always on like HBO for some reason growing sure. up. Like one of the seventeen HBO channels, it would just always be on. And the plot's dumb. It's just, but there's just it, it's it's one of those things where it's like I grew up watching this movie. It's funny. I'm gonna keep watching it now and thinking it's funny. When I put it on. There was a look that came across the couch like, are you, what is this? Why would that anyone is also ever, fair. <laughs> why would anyone ever put this on? I'm awarding Allie another point. I, she deserves it. <laughs> and then, and honestly, so we, we also watched, we also checked in on Hamilton, which okay. we've never seen. How, I, uh, I'm, solid. I like Hamilton a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not a musical guy. Me I can either. I can definitely throw that out there. I am not uh, I am not for the the musicals, but mm-hmm. uh, very impressive. Like from a, from an overall production standpoint, and maybe I just don't understand how musicals work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to the, to even get the beginning thoughts of putting something like that together is just so above my level of creativity and thought process. I just 
really impressive. Really impressive. Yeah, I was really excited uh, for when uh, well, no, Disney Plus announced that they were going to bring Hamilton out on uh, July 3rd. Because originally, pre-coronavirus, it wasn't supposed to come out until sometime late 2021. And it was going to have a theatrical release first. But yeah, I, I was really excited. We actually watched it on the 4th of July. And I loved it. And I, much like you, have zero interest in musicals. But I, I thought Hamilton was spectacular. I, I will say that there was like, it took me like 10 minutes, though. Because oh, yeah. in that second song, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'm up for another two hours and 40 minutes of this. But then I was just at edge of my seat for most of it. Yeah, I, I will. I will say, like, it did take it, it because I'm not a musical guy. It did take a little bit of getting into. Um, but once you kind of get into it, yeah, I'm over there tapping my foot on the couch. I'm like, all right, let's let's go. Who's your favorite uh, character? I, you know. There's only Oof. one right answer. Well, there's only one right answer. Yeah. Uh, now I'm nervous. You um, should be. It <laughs> should be. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Who is the right answer for? favorite character only one right answer here anybody who anybody with any kind of taste would get this right. well i'm definitely gonna get it wrong because there is chris i just talked for 10 minutes about how awesome the movie held up is that's a fair point (laughs) it's a fair um is it is it thomas jefferson is that is that the one no it is not damn it thomas jefferson was good but the king is the only right answer Oh, the king is trash. What are you oh, talking only about? Only right answer. This is this is the the king part. First of all, all right, I work. I'm gonna critique this a little bit. Okay, I can't. Of, I, I'm here for your Greg critiquing musicals. <laughs> there, there was a lot of laughter in certain parts that I did not understand. It was like these parts were not funny to me. Uh-huh. No taste. I like held up with Jamie Fox. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I just. The king is the only right answer. I'm sorry. Why? What makes the king so funny? It was hilarious. Like the whole what? thing was hilarious. All right. I, I obviously don't get musical theater humor. Then I don't know what to tell you. Well, I mean, it's not just musical theater humor. There's his, some historical relevance to it as well. Now, that's not to say that this is by any means a documentary, because it certainly isn't. There was a lot that was uh, made more of than w- was actually there. For instance, there was. There's nothing to suggest that the uh, the other Skylar sister and Hamilton ever had any sort of relationship whatsoever. Um, huh. But and and there's some other stuff that w- there's some other stuff that was kind of taking taken out of time. Like Burr wasn't really that big a presence in Hamilton's life. Uh, he didn't go to him to help with the Federalist Papers, and it wasn't and it actually wasn't on. Uh, Burr was the Burr was Jefferson's VP for a term. They made him made it seem like he wasn't. And uh, then he tried to run for mayor. Hamilton again spoke out against him. And it was only at that point did they duel. Hmm. Wow. Good to know. I will never, I will always take the facts of the actual musical as what was actually true. uh, I I fear a lot of of people. Yeah, I fear a lot of people are going to fall into that category. But, oh, uh, oh, really? You fear, you fear a lot of people. A lot of people are in this time, in this time frame, in this particular pretty, time we're pretty, frame. We're, we're pretty going savvy to- as a people. <laughs> I mean, I I could never imagine that to be the case. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. His uh, the uh, it was really good. There there was some yeah. stuff. There was some stuff about how his kid died that was was also a little bit changed. Um, and there, some things were 
his, the relationship with Adams wasn't as like he didn't resign because of Adams and all that stuff. But huh. it was interesting. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I liked mean, it a lot. And the, numerous times when I've just been I've been working, I was thinking like, oh, you know, do I want to watch another YouTube video or well, do, do I want Hamilton on in the background? And I've never actually put it back on. But the thought has crossed my mind. Ah, well, listen, that, that's that, that's certainly, a, I guess, a start. I don't know. You know what did, was interesting, though? Because, mm. uh, you know, at this point, there's nothing else to do but sort of work and frequent the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Um, somebody said that, like, every Broadway musical ever was filmed that way, but they're just, like, in the library in New York City. Like, they just huh. exist there and they're nowhere else. Uh, who knows how, how true that necessarily is, but it's because, like, Broadway's afraid that if they mass, like, mass release those types of things, people wouldn't come see like uh, shows honestly if i saw something that i liked i would probably be more more resi- like more like uh, i guess um no you're right willing yeah. to go see it and especially For, like, if like there were numerous things that came out that you're like oh i like that oh i like that oh i like that yeah. then you might be more more willing to give something else a try and i'll tell you cuz there is from what i understand there's a contractual obligation that it has to be released in theaters and i still may go see it in the theater just because it'll be a better experience assuming we ever have movie theaters again well that's like that's like what they say with like comedies and things like that they're yeah. they're always they're always seemingly funnier uh, funnier in like the theater experience and i and i tend to agree and i think i probably would have enjoyed it even more with other people around. My wife brought up the idea of potentially seeing it, you know, if we're ever allowed to, to gather in large crowds again, um, potentially going and seeing it somewhere like live. Mm-hmm. And I'd be willing to do that just to get that sort of experience uh, of other people being there and reacting. It could be why I didn't find certain things funny when I heard laughter. And it was just like, I don't, I don't get it. And it's because it feels more like I'm watching a movie versus I'm at a play. Well, if the world ever opens up again and we're back in Pennsylvania, you can count Alexa and I in on that. Uh, but who knows if that's going to be the case or not? And <laughs> on so many fronts, I I, t- I tend to I tend to believe I tend to lean more towards that that will be the case than that won't be the case. Uh, it's a just a matter of I, when that will be the case. Though. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, at some point, the world will be you know, and even that I don't know that that's even fair to say. Who's, ah, who's to say? Who's to say that this thing doesn't mutate to the point where the the vaccine means nothing, and then we're just going to restart and do it all over again forever and ah, ever and ever now, until the world ends? Now you're really digging in. You're really mm-hmm. digging in there. I don't. I don't. I don't see it happening. But who knows? Well, one I, thing I have been wrong before. Every single time we've talked about anything, but. One Accurate. thing I did want to uh, I wanted to hit on before we got out of here, and I'm sorry to bring it from musicals to sports because I, I know how locked in you are, but earlier today, <laughs> Jorge Lopez in back-to-back uh, at-bats hit Jose Altuve and then Alex Bregman. Huh. I feel like this is going to be a thing we see quite a bit this year. Oh, buddy, they have to they have to jam in 162 games worth of plunkings yeah. into 60 games. I don't I don't think Altuve and Bregman may get an official at bat all year. Like it's it's crazy. So their their um, OP uh, their on base percentage is just a hundred is just a thousand or, or just one. I mean I the guess. best the the best they've the best you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. No one's ever breaking that record. This is this is Hack Wilson's 197, uh, but it's co-owned by Bregman and Altuve. Um, it's, it's just, 
I think that's going to be a real problem for these guys. And it is crazy because the Astros scandal feels like it was, I don't know, eight years ago, 17 seasons ago Mm -hmm. when the Phillies won the world series. Like, I don't even know how to, how to quantify like how far back it feels. Uh, but uh, players didn't forget. I mean, you saw Bauer wear that shirt, like, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago or whatever, four weeks ago, he had a shirt on criticizing the Astros. Uh, these guys remember, and it's, it's going to start very quickly. Uh, and as it already has, they remember just because they cheated them out of a championship. Yeah, exactly. I, well, and I would remember too. Like it's it's BS. It's BS, and and the the cheating scandal. Like I like, it's hard. It, it, people always have that line like, "Oh, if you're not cheating, you're not trying." Well, mm-hmm. th- that's that's kind of BS because there are ways to legally cheat in baseball. Like you can legally try to you know steal signs. You can legally try to do that. But when you're doing it. From a technological standpoint, you're crossing that proverbial line of no return, right? Mm-hmm. You you can't you can't do something like that and have a real significant advantage like they had in those games that led them to a championship, that led them to free agents, like they like those giant budgets, different things like that that come with winning a championship. It's you're never you're never going to drop that 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 like hatred for that Mm -hmm. that's totally fair Uh, and uh, and i respect it Uh, i would i would want to see nothing else i want to see just rampant retaliation at every opportunity i mean it's kind and baseball is kind of really the only sport you can kind of do that i mean i guess you could say hockey if somebody somebody takes a run at your guys you can go out there and physically take runs back at them football there's too many penalties involved you can hurt your team too much mm-hmm. for baseball from a baseball standpoint you can go out there and exact revenge in a way that sure it hurts your team you put a guy on base but you're 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 making an example out of something you know it's it's really the only sport that you can do that i want to know how many times these guys are going to take these plunks and not do anything about it like what's the breaking point because i know if i'm bregman or altuve and it's game like 24 and i've been hit in 21 of 23 games prior to this that at a certain point i'm just going to be like all right enough's enough i'm going to have to stand up for myself regardless of what the situation is Mm -hmm. like there's going to be a brawl that leads to covid suspensions (laughs) um that, that comes from this I think you're absolutely right, and uh, that will just make baseball all the more interesting, and I would also say somewhat interesting. Uh, Last thing, and I don't know that I've mentioned this to you before. I'm going to throw out a a baseball documentary recommendation here. I I stumbled upon a film a while back. I think it's on Hulu, but it may actually be Netflix. Now I'm leaning towards Netflix. Regardless, uh, it's called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. And uh, it is about a minor league baseball team that was owned by, oh, God, uh, Kevin Costner. Not Kevin Costner. Um, I can see his the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Um, uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Kurt Russell's dad? Yeah. Kurt okay. Russell's father, who was also an actor, uh, bought a independent minor league baseball team. And, like, they just brought in, like, all these crazy people, including, like, an ex-MLB pitcher. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it, it is so much fun. You know, Russell's in it a ton. Kurt Russell's in it a ton. The Battered Bastards of Baseball. It, oh, I'm going to have to check it out. Easy watch. Everyone should check it out. And that's how you end a show with, with sports talk. <laughs> 
works for me. I thought you were going to say Rookie of the Year is the best baseball documentary. I think we all know it's <sighs> Little Big League. That's going to be this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why, <laughs> as, as Greg quietly stews. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.